Hello, my name is Dave Graney. I am an underworld musician of many years standing. I'm here to ask you to tune in to my fellow traveller, my comrade, Radio Caram. You're listening to Rowan Prout Method, where we talk all things fitness, mindset, performance, well-being, and lifestyle design so that you can live a high-performance life. On today's episode, we have Lawrence Smits, who is a Transcendental Meditation teacher. Welcome to the show, Lawrence. Welcome. Hey, yeah, thanks, Rowan. Thanks. Nice to be here. Nice to have you here. So, tell us about Transcendental Meditation. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people have heard about it. It's pretty well-known. It's... Um been practiced quite a bit around the world by millions of people but the actual technique itself is um very simple um and effortless and natural it's something that generally people can't relate to when you say effortless or natural you know because generally people think about meditation being hard and difficult and you've got to focus and control the mind tm is very different to that tm is very um it's all about um, effortlessness and easiness and naturalness and the reason it is effortless and easy, easy is because it's natural it's a mental technique you practice with the eyes closed sitting in a chair comfortably anywhere you, you can sit you can close the eyes you can practice tm or transcendental meditation we we'll just call it tm for the moment so what's so easy about it well it leverages the natural tendencies of the mind and that's the natural tendency of the mind is to the mind's always wandering. Generally, we, we direct that attention outward. The mind's always searching for more happiness, more fulfillment. It's the nature of life. The nature of life is to grow, to expand, right? And that's expressed in the mind by the mind looking for more happiness. The thing is, if you provide the environment for the mind to allow it to go inward, right, then it will naturally do it itself because there's more charm. There's more, um, how do you say, it's more fulfilling to the mind. It's like going home, ultimately, when the mind transcends. So the, the name itself describes the technique. Transcendental meditation is about transcending thought, transcending the thinking process until you contact the source of thought. And for the mind, that's like going home. It's very fulfilling, very fulfilling and charming. Um, yeah, so I suppose uh, maybe I could describe how the technique works. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, because that'll help people understand a little bit more about why it is easy and effortless. So we, we try and use this diagram, um, and I'm going to have to, it's radio, but I'm going to try and describe it in people's minds so they can visualise an ocean. So if you've ever been on the ocean, if you've ever been diving, you can start on the surface of the ocean, it's very active, there's lots of waves and so on. But if, if you're able to dive, if you don't do scuba diving, you can dive down to the depths of the ocean, it's more quiet, more still, more, more quiet. And in this analogy of the ocean, we talk about a thought starting from the bottom of the ocean, like a bubble. You've seen a bubble rise. As it rises, it gets bigger, more concrete. So when it starts, it starts as an impulse of energy and intelligence, and it rises from deep within the mind. So I don't know, you ever ask yourself where a thought comes from, but it comes from deep within the mind, right? So in this analogy, it starts from the deep part of the ocean, deep within the mind. And as it rises, it becomes more concrete, more, more concrete, bigger and bigger and bigger, until it pops on the surface of the ocean. And this popping on the surface of the ocean is popping into the conscious mind. So the active surface of the ocean is like the conscious mind, and the depth of the ocean is like subconscious, right? Generally not aware of it, right? So this thought starts from the depth of the ocean and rises and rises, this bubble, and pops into the mind. And con- constant stream of thoughts, often we have streams of thoughts popping into the mind, thought, 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 continuously. So what TM does is allows someone who's sitting on the surface in the conscious mind and to experience the bubble at a finer state of development, to, to dive down and experience that bubble that's rising and an earlier bubble, an earlier bubble. So if you can imagine stepping down the bubbles that are rising. So experiencing finer states of the thought until you experience the source of thought, pure consciousness. So the source of thought is pure consciousness, is a base of individual consciousness. And, um, and this, is, this is why it's so charming to the mind. This is like for the mind itself going back to its own source. Yeah? And as the mind does this, the mind starts to settle down. 
So it becomes less active. So you imagine it's very active on the surface of the ocean and very still at the depth of the ocean. And we find when the mind starts to do this, this, this transcending, this stepping down these bubbles of thought until it experiences a source of thought, it becomes more coherent, more orderly, because it settles down. There's, there's, when you reduce activity in the system, you increase order. And look, we can talk about this, but it's actually demonstrated by measuring, when you measure EEG, right? You can actually, uh, if you had a scientist in the other room here who was measuring my EEG and my heart rate, my metabolic rate, not looking at me, they can see that this person is awake. There's very different states of physiology for each state of consciousness. So waking is a different state compared to sleeping, compared to dreaming. So each of those three states, sitting in another room, a scientist could say that person's awake, that person's dreaming, that person's um, sleeping, without looking at the person. Based on the measurements. Just based on the measurements. EEG, metabolic rate, heart rate, all these indicators of physiological functioning. Now what we find with TM, it's a whole new state. It's actually defined as a fourth state of consciousness. So you've got one, two, three, waking, dreaming, sleeping. And then you've got this new state, a fourth state of consciousness, which shows the brain, the alpha waves, theta waves, all these brain activity becoming coherent and certain wave activity that reflects the brain being alert. So you're awake when you're you're practicing TM, but you're in a state of very deep rest. They, They find that the metabolic rate goes down, these different wave functions reflect a state of very deep rest in the body. And it's this deep rest that allows the body to get very deep, um, get rid of deep stresses, right? So this very deep rest is able to allow the body naturally, because the nature of the body, again, is, this is the whole thing about natural. The nature of the body is to remove anything that's not there, stress particularly, right? Stress and strain. Like if there's any any foreign that shouldn't be there, the body wants to remove it, right? That's why you've got the immune system and so on. And we go to sleep at night, right? We, we rest at night to get rid of fatigue from the day, you know? But some of the deeper stresses that we picked up through our life tend to accumulate over time, you know, like loss of a loved one, money problems, or whatever it may be, work problems. Stress builds up over time, and that sleep that we have generally doesn't get rid of the deeper stresses. And hopefully it's got rid of the fatigue from the day we wake up alert and we we can continue. But but we want to be able to get rid of these deeper stresses that we've built up over time, right? And this is what TM allows us to do. So what is the process of TM and how does it differ to other forms of meditation? Yeah, so if we look at, take back to the analogy of the ocean and how on the the surface of the ocean it's very active, right? And then TM's allowing the mind to dive, like a a swimmer diving, right, a scuba diver. When we compare to other techniques, generally you can put them into two categories, concentration techniques and contemplation Mm -hmm. techniques, right? Typically, you know, people would talk about um, meditation techniques where you would focus, Right? Concentration, right? Focus the mind. People might practice something where they focus on their breathing. You know, some traditional Buddhist meditations would be focused on breathing or a spot on the body, like in the middle of the forehead or in the in the navel, the belly button, or something. The idea is to focus on this object to push out thoughts, to just have pure intention on this one thing, right? In the hope of eliminating thoughts. This requires incredible effort. And you mentioned at the start before we started this, just before we started this um, chat about your partner and um, that she can't meditate. She absolutely it, hates meditation. Yeah, because she, yeah, she thinks she's got to focus and control the mind and, and focus on that. And that whole effort of focus, controlling the mind, keeps the mind on the surface level of the ocean in the analogy, right? So it actually goes against the nature of the mind because the nature of the mind wants to grow, expand. Focusing on a point, it's like, you know, it goes completely against the nature of the mind. This is why it's so hard. Right, and and it's funny because you know, often Buddhist, Buddhist monks will do this and they practice for hours, focusing, focusing, and then what can happen is the whole body just gives up and the mind just gives up, and that process of giving up means that they literally fall, collapse into the into that space, and they get a glimpse, 
if that makes sense. You know, mm. so you're holding still, holding still, eventually give up, and then the mind naturally will slip by itself. In a I way. like that. So you mentioned the difference between contemplation and concentration. Is yeah. transcendental meditation a contemplation technique? No, no. So contemplation, the other categories where people will close their eyes, or maybe not even close their eyes, but they'll, they'll contemplate something. They'll okay. maybe observe the Deep thoughts. Thought. Yeah, just observe... Um, or contemplate something, maybe God or love. Think about God and in their mind visualize God. You know, but it's some meaning associated with it, right? So you're thinking, and what you'll find, let's say you're thinking about love, and um, you, um, you, the mind will sit there, and it naturally, as I said before, the nature of the mind is to grow, to expand, to, to feel, get, gain more happiness. It's the nature of life, and so if it thinks of love, it'll think about some past relationship that you had that was very. Um, that you felt a lot of joy in from, you got a lot of joy from, and it will go from that to another. And often it might go to the problems that happened in that relationship, or why did it stop? Or you know, it'll just keep wandering, searching, right, finding. And um, this is the nature of the mind. So in that analogy of the ocean again, so this contemplation, what happens is the mind floats on the surface on a level of meaning, from one meaning to another meaning to another meaning, another meaning. You, you'll find if you sit there and do this, you, you know, five minutes ago, and you'd be thinking about all these other things, and you wonder, you know, oh no, I want to come back to God, I want to come back to this, you know, but the mind will just wander. Yeah. So, in terms of transcendental or TM, how does it differ to mindfulness in terms of its focus points? Obviously, a lot of people focus on the breath, potentially a third eye position on the body. There's other contemplation, uh, sorry, concentration techniques. What does what's the concentration factor for transcendental meditation? So what we do is um, with TM, we use a mantra, a sound, but it's meaningless. And so this this particular a sound, and you've got to learn how to dive. It's actually I've actually got a teacher to, sh- to actually um, learn the technique, but I'm not going to do that now. But but to give you some idea, think about again the analogy of the ocean, and, and you're on the top. So we 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 just give this mind a a means of how to be occupied. It's, it's, it's tricky, but how to be occupied, um, but without direction, without um, effort, right? Then we listen to nature take its course, right? So this is, I'm trying to simplify it, but it's a lot more than just that. But And so it's the it's ability, the mind naturally, to do its own thing, right? And to start to experience finer states of thinking, finer states of thought by itself, right? We basically get out of the way in a way. But it's, and that's why it's, it's funny when people come and learn, how, they realise how easy and effortless it is, as simple it is, ultimately, right? But, um, yeah, I'm not sure if I've been able to answer your question, but, mm. but the trick is transcending, right? Ultimately, mm. mindfulness... Through focusing on a mantra? No focus. Okay. There's no effort. This is the thing, So right? where does the mantra come into it? A mantra is just a, a, like a vehicle in a way. Okay. Yeah, to allow the mind to go from here to here, right? But, um, yeah, so... Yeah, mindfulness. Have you done mindfulness? I have. So I how have. would you describe? What would you do? What do you do? Well, mindfulness? similar to what you did, focusing on a particular aspect, a focus point. And I've mm. experimented with many types of meditation over the years. But mm. mindfulness was where I originally started doing 10 days silence in a Buddhist temple, which right. sort of opened my eyes up to meditation. Right. I have done Soham meditation, which I was told was a form of transcendental meditation or a mantra associated with that. Mm-hmm. But I was never formally taught. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, there's... If, if you go back, there's beings of the well, not beings. There's lots of different matter, all different things that people can leverage. It's very important to know um, the the effect because as the mind settles down, thought becomes more powerful at these more subtle levels, right? And so as the mind starts to transcend the thinking process, the thought itself, thoughts at that level can become more powerful. So it's very, very important that um, when people start thinking, well, I'm just going to pick up a mantra, flower, I'm going to start thinking about that, whatever, that's, it's important that we don't just still jump onto something, you know, that without knowing what that effect can be. It can have an effect on physiology as well, right, and the environment. 
Every thought we have has an effect on the environment. So, and thoughts at that more at that transcendental level are incredibly powerful. You know, um, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because if you if you've had intuition, you know, you have that gut feeling. Yeah. Right. So, if we go back to that analogy again, the ocean, a gut feeling or intuition that you get that's sort of like a knowingness. And when you act on it, it all proves right. I think, yeah, like a car park. I turn left. I know I've got to get a car park. I turn left here, and, and there's the car park. Like, a bit of manifestation. You know, it just happened, you know. Well, manifestation more in touch with more in touch with what you know intuitively knowing what's right, right? Just going that direction, and then we get it. Or, or ringing someone up. I, I've been thinking about you. I need to talk to you, and you ring them up. You know, um, what you're doing there is in that analogy of the bubble the, of rising thought rising from the bottom of the ocean. This thought's rising. You're experiencing the thought in an earlier stage in development. So as that thought rises, it's going through various layers of our being, of us, right? There's the intellect, there's the ego, there's the feeling level. There's different levels, right? I haven't gone into that, but I've just called it subconscious, right? But there's different levels to that. And so the experience of thought at an earlier stage, it's intuition, is what you're doing in this analogy. And so what happens with people practicing to him, that ability to experience thoughts earlier becomes greater, right? So there's more intuition, right? But there's also more comprehension. There's, people get better. The IQ increases. All these things start to develop more and more because the stress that stops the, that experience of, of, of that sort of intuitive thought goes away because that's what's interfering. The stress in our physiology that we're carrying tends to qualify our thoughts as it pops into the mind. It could be anxiety, fear, doubt, all these other things that overshadow that pure thought, the impulse of energy and intelligence, right? So this taps into... It's not just a taps. Form it, of it, blo- it, it clears what's, what's... It clears the stress and strains that, that contaminate the thought, okay. let's say. Let's say they're contaminating, yep. so it becomes more pure thinking, yeah, more pure okay. thought. And it habituates the nervous system to start to maintain that function all the time. So when you... I mentioned about the fourth state of consciousness when you practice TM, right? In the actual process of practicing TM. What happens is that starts to develop over time when you practice regularly. You start to maintain that state of functioning, that coherence, the EEG coherence I mentioned. So, so the brain, when you measure EEG, there's coherence between the front and left, left and right, the rear and front um, parts of the brain. So the brain starts to become more coherent when you practice TM, but then it maintains that over time into activity. So over you know, time of practice, some several years of practicing, this builds up more and more. So this coherent functioning is there more and more permanently, it becomes more permanent. So what happens to the nervous system and the brain with TM meditation? You know, as I said, so, you know, when you measure heart rate, metabolic rate, the brainwave activities, you know, left and right, front and rear becomes coherent, so that become yeah. orderly. Um, and the certain brains, so alpha, theta waves, you know, um, per, to reflect restful, a state of restful alertness, that's what the scientists have called it, restful alertness, this fourth state of consciousness. Yeah, so, um, but this is all happening naturally. So what needs to happen in the mind and what needs to happen in the body, like the body starts to get deep rest, it gets rid of stress, um, cortisol, other, other hormones that aren't beneficial start to drop off, ones that are required start to become more, because it's the nature of the body to heal itself. It starts to heal itself, the body, through the state of deep rest that you gain. I actually had someone questioning whether or not they're a poor sleeper. So Jason has actually commented, wondering if transcendental meditation would be a substitute for lack of sleep. Yeah, yeah. Substitute for like, so have TM and don't sleep. <laughs> no, just if you have a bad night's sleep or you have a poor sleep quality, well, would TM help you go into that state of deep rest? Yeah, well, for me personally, I found it incredibly beneficial because I used to suffer chronic anxiety to the point where I couldn't sleep. You know, like I'd wake up a certain point of time at night, like two a.m. at night, and I couldn't go back. Right? Or 
um, and in and, and daily activity, I, I was frozen. You know, the anxiety was so great. You, you know, when you get to the point where you're frozen, you can't act because you're just, there's so much anxiety. You, t- you just don't know what to do. You don't know what, you know, what action, what to do, basically. And that's, it was that chronic for myself. And, and through TM, that's no longer the case. Obviously, that happened many years ago. I've been practicing TM for a long time and became a teacher. But, um, yeah, so for myself personally, so the anxiety dropped off completely. And then as a result, you know, sleep improved. Because generally sleep problems uh, is, is over an anxious mind, overactive mm. mind. Yeah, I've still got a very active mind. I've, I've got to be conscious of my speech because I speak very fast uh, because of that mind going fast. But there's no anxiety there, you know, as, as that was there before where it was picking up on things and worrying about it. So how did you stumble across TM? Oh, it started a long time when I was young, very young. I was always looking for, you know, to grow and learn, understand myself, understand why, how things work, who I am, you know, that sort of thing. It was more, yeah... A, um, brought up to, I, I grew up wanting to learn more about myself and the universe and how it all worked. So TM is transcendent meditation actually comes from Vedic literature, the Vedas, right? There's all these branches of Vedic literature that or, that cover different aspects of all aspects of life if you want to get into it. But that's where TM originates from, you know. Yeah. Now we had someone on recently, Gary, talking about Ayurvedic medicine. Yes, Ayurveda is one of the forty branches. There's forty branches, so Ayurveda is one of them. Um, there's Vastu, which is like Feng Shui, Astvachaved, how to build houses. So um, the Vedas uh, describe the whole manifestation. It, it's amazing um, science. It's a science, you know. Um, yeah, so Ayurveda is the science of life, of the body, and lifespan, how to bring the body in balance. Yeah, this is one. There's aspects of, um, like I said, Astvachaved, building structures, how to build structures like house, towns, you know, and so on like that. Well, you mentioned the benefits of lowering anxiety or potentially eliminating it. What other benefits come from practicing TM? Yeah, well, there's been a lot of research, and I suppose for listeners, if you just Google uh, research on TM, you'll see it. There's been like 650 studies on transcendental meditation in um, over 35 countries you know, around the world that cover... And when we when we normally talk about TM, we like an introductory lecture. There's often people will tend we we offer introductory lectures on TM. We'll, we'll talk about the mind and the benefits in the mind. There's always research, like I mentioned, about increase IQ, um, better you know, um, broader comprehension, and so on. All, all these other things, and it's very good for students, academics who want, who want to do better at school. Um, you know, because you know, you're aware that it's often described we only use five to ten percent of our mental potential, right? You know, Einstein was suggested to use 10%, right? So there's always untapped potential that we're, we recognise we're not using. So it's about developing more and more of that. And then in the body, you know, health, you know, lower blood pressures. So it's recommended by Australian Health, oh, sorry, the American Health Association. Um, and, you know, lots of research around the benefits in health, you know, reduced chance of stroke and, and heart disease and so on like that. Um, and anxiety. Um, and then it gets into behaviour because obviously, you know, when you're stressed and strained, you tend to... Um, Express that, especially with your loved ones. You might be, be a bit nasty, a bit um, grumpy with your loved ones. You know, if you haven't slept properly, or you've, you've had a bad night, or you've, you're ill, you're sick. You know, and so any reduction of stress, any um, improvement in that area is going to improve relationships. So we find better increase in tolerance of people. Even recidivism rate. It was taught in prisons. There was certain um, research done at prisons, right? Where you know, problem with people who go to, to prison is they come back, they, they come out of jail, and they re, you know, re um, commit crime, right? And it's the recidivism rate. It's quite high, normally 90% plus, you know. And when we find people learn, who practice TM at the, at the, in the prison itself and they practice and they come out, then the, the, the recidivism rate drops down significantly. What a great tool for rehabilitation. Mm, exactly, yeah. So something that I've come across with working with a lot of different people and talking about a lot of different health issues, people struggle to find the time. 
So how yeah. much commitment do you actually have to put into med- our transcendental meditation to reap the benefits? Yeah, well, we recommend 20 minutes twice a day in the morning and the evening. You know, uh, t- so twice morning and evening to get the benefits. So morning, you know, you've woken up fresh, hopefully, from your sleep, uh, from the evening rest. And then, you know, you meditate for 20 minutes and then the evening after days of activity, you meditate again. And that way, you know, after coming home from work, you get to enjoy the family then more, you know, obviously. So that's our recommendation. So, and the routine is the key. What tends to happen is when you practice, when you learn to you start to practice regularly, the body actually starts to get habituated. Like, you know, your dog, you know, if you have a fixed time of walking, the dog, it will know itself. He doesn't have a clock, but it'll grab the, you know, it'll grab its its collar, its... um, Know, it's leashed and say, let's go for a walk, you know, if it walks at seven in the morning or wherever it may be. The same thing happens with the body over time. If you, if you can do it regularly, this, the more and more, it's sort of, it's like the body gets habituated. This is my time to meditate. So like, let's say at seven in the morning and it will start, you know, you just close your eyes and bang. Is some better than none? Hypothetically, because I know a lot of people are time poor and 40 minutes out of the day, I generally meditate at least once per day, it's mm. usually for about 20 minutes. Mm. But sometimes if I can't, I'll just do 15 minutes because I figure doing something is better than nothing. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Something's better than nothing. Every time you meditate, you take a dip. Let's take a dip, you know, analogy of the ocean, so it's like taking another dip. So every chance you take a dip, it's great. But um, sometimes you want to sit there more. Actually, you know, Marashi, this team comes from Marashi Mashogi. I'm not sure we've we got to talk about that. But so it was brought out from India. To say know where it comes from, but people listening might want to understand where TM comes from. So, uh, Maharishi Mashogi brought it out in the late fifties. Um, people may be aware that the Beatles got into it. They actually spent time with him back yep. then. Aware of that? Yeah, and so um, the a lot of actors are into it as well, aren't they? Yeah, Katy Perry. Oh, she's not an actress; she's a singer. But you know, Jerry Seinfeld's a big advocate. Hugh Jackman. That is uh, Clint, Clint Eastwood. He's a, he's pretty big on it. Um, anyway, it's quite a few. Um, so. Yeah, Marashi uses the analogy of dyeing the cloth. So imagine if, you want, if you've got a cloth and you want to make it yellow, right? And it's white. So you dip it and you sit in the dye, but you've got to leave it a certain amount of time for it to saturate with the colour, right? And then you pull it out and it fades in the day through the sun, right? From the sun. And then you dip it again and then it fades through the day and you dip it again. But over time, more of that colour becomes steadfast. So it's a, the opportunity to take a dip. And there has to be some sort of time frame. To, we're talking about getting the full benefits here, right? So there's benefits. Look, you know, any chance you give the body to rest, it will, it will do what it can in that time. Even just sit, like people talk about power naps in the afternoon, right? Even just having a power nap, you know, people talk about recharging the batteries, you know, sit for five minutes or 10 minutes and the body gets a recharge. But this is more significant than that. This is about allowing the whole nervous system to get into that state of deep restful alertness, that sort of more coherent state of functioning in, in TM, right? And bringing that into activity, so habituating and over time building up that quality of that restful alertness all the time. So, so imagine, it carries off it yeah. carries over into everyday life. Yeah, is that the idea? Beyond the actual twenty minute correct, meditation. Correct. And you see that improvement in relationships, improvement in your academic performance, improvement in your health, all these benefits. Like there's a reversal of aging. For people who practice regularly over several years, they start to find biological age starts to actually go backwards. Yeah. So um, this is the accumulated benefits by doing it. So you say about time, it's about you investing in your own time. And and what you find also you gain, you know, like when you practice your tea in the morning, the thinking's more orderly, you make less mistakes. Imagine, you know, we talk about intuition, experience of thought at earlier stage. Imagine if you could live your life more intuitively, more, imagine every thought you had was intuitive, that you didn't make mistakes. Imagine how much time you would save, right? How much you gain and the joy, the joy of life, living a life like that. So this is what builds over time, 
living life more intuitively, more more naturally. I know a few people that are big advocates for it, and they just will never look back. They commit to doing it twice per day, and they mm-hmm. don't see they're living their life any other way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm one of those, and I've gone on to do other. You know, there's within the the whole broad spectrum of TM knowledge is there's advanced techniques and other things you can do if you want to really pursue the path of because really what TM's doing is about developing higher states of consciousness that's the ultimate goal and we humans beings we're born into a nervous system that, to allow that allows ourselves to experience our own source our own being right within ourselves we're sort of going a bit on tangent here from practical benefits but but from a spiritual philosophical point of view life is about developing or growth in state, high states of consciousness. That's what it's really all about. And we have the opportunity in this nervous system to be able to experience it and to grow. You know, that's what, and TM allows it, fulfills that. You know. So in terms of balancing the nervous system, what kind of effect does it have on cortisol levels? Yeah, well, that's one thing that has good effect on I, I haven't got the research with me. I, I could open it up, but um, yeah. I don't know specifics, but I know it's, a, it's, a, it's all about yeah. improving that. And they've done research comparing TM to other things that people do, like mindfulness or other relaxation techniques, and, and there's significant difference with what you gain from TM. Because as I said, the key part is in the name, is transcending. Right, so as a, you, know, you can rest in the afternoon for five, ten minutes, and you're going to get some rest. Right, Close your eyes and chill out. The body's going to do what it can in that five minutes, but it's not transcending. It's not experiencing that state of pure awareness and enlivening that the aspect of in yourself, in the physiology, in terms of the coherence of the brain, in terms of the body itself. Every cell, you know, becoming awakened and enlivened in a way. I have a lot of people that comment that when they try and meditate, they can't stop themselves from thinking, and they just mm. feel like they can't do it. Mm. What advice would you have for someone like that? Yeah, well, well this is the thing about Tim. This is why Tim so works so well, and so and it's so universal, right? All it requires to do TM is to be able to think a thought. If you can think a thought, you can practice TM. Okay. It's that simple. It's actually a good thing to think a thought. It's simple. It's that simple. And it's effortless. The key part of TM is effortless because it's natural. And and without actually teaching you TM, it's hard to go further into more detail than that. But... Um, yeah, they're the, they're the key principles of TM. And look, um, and if someone wants, if someone's got still concerns or doubts in their own mind about being able to do it, just look at the numbers, right? So millions and millions of people have learned TM. Look at the research, right? Hundreds and hundreds of studies in the research that show over and over and over again, you know, the TM. I mean, what the TM? I think before we started chatting, you talked about. Um, stress PTSD right mm. so TM's been found to be very effective for soldiers coming back from war yes we had a question from Zach was asking how is TM does it benefit people with trauma yeah yeah so um, very much so right so it's been used and there's a gentleman called David Lynch now he's set up his foundation because he he sees the benefits in our own life he's a movie producer he's produced um, he directed um, Twin Peaks and some other ones other Mulan Drive I think it was Mulan Drive anyway so um he set up a foundation called David Lynch Foundation, which and he he's, runs his projects where he wants to make TM available to people who desperately need it and can't get access to it. And so the, one of these groups is soldiers, war veterans, right? And so and they've found so much, they've had so much success with this because you know you, you can appreciate it's not often publicised, but more people, more soldiers die from suicide than actually on the conflict on the battlefield, right? Because they come back and they can't deal with the the stress of what they've experienced. And so what happened was, and people can Google this online, if you Google on YouTube, go into YouTube and look at Transcendimentation at Norwich University. Norwich University is one of the oldest military universities in America. It's one of the oldest ones. And they did a research study where they took two groups, people who didn't do TM. This is the cadets, right? These are officers training, right? So these are all the officers for the US military. So one who didn't, group who didn't do TM and the other group that did do TM. 
And after within 30 days, the people that didn't do TM got very annoyed because they wanted what the people that did TM because the benefits they were getting, you know, these, these cadets in terms of improving their grades, in terms of uh, more clarity, better success in comp- even sport, right? Wrestlers were doing it and find they were doing better at this sport, you know, um, and so on. So that's just an example. Um, so going back to your question, in terms of it's universal, in terms of the volume, number of people have done it, means the amount of research that's been done that shows the benefit, you know, uh, that's coming. So it doesn't, ha- this is not by accident, right? So it's, if you can think of thought, you can practice TM. So what kind, like, I think it sounds like anyone can benefit from practicing TM. You mentioned students, people that were in prison. We've talked Mm. about people experiencing PTSD, mental health issues. How will it benefit people with mental health issues? Because that's such a hot topic at the moment. Yeah, it's a tricky one. You know, um, I mean, uh, you could take that example of the soldiers with with PTSD and what they've dealt with. But but mental health issues, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. But TM helps, obviously TM helps, but how... Yeah, it's a funny one because it, um, you know, that's a touchy topic to go to. I'm not sure if I want to go to that. That's fair enough. There's a whole there's a whole industry of psychotherapists out there, and you know that um, you know, and it's important, yeah, to the that the people get the right support that they need. And so I don't want to, you know, TM being the a solution. The t- well, it's it's going to help. Yeah, definitely going to help. But but um, yeah. In terms, of, you use. Marashi always used to say, use every aspect that you can gain. Like you know, a doctor, you know, medical in, in the Western, you know, as well as the meditation, right? So if you've got problems with your health, you need to take you know some medicine to help with your physiology. Then do that. Don't just drop it off. But but hopefully over time, with your practice of TM, you won't need that. So see your psychotherapist, right? But in, if you practice TM, and then time, the requirement or the need of that becomes less and less. You know, um, I will say one thing that Marashi was talking about, and that is. When you look at a problem, right, the, the best solution is to turn on the light. So if you're operating in a situation where the room is dark, right, yeah, the room is dark and you're making mistakes. So this is an analogy we're going to go through. So you trip over it. There's a table there. There's a chair there. There's something there. And you're tripping over because you can't see it, right? And then you try to understand why that chair is there or why that's there. You know, the easiest solution is to turn on the light. Then you become aware of the environment, yeah? You know where the chair is, you know where the table is, you know where this is, you know where the glass is, the vase, you know, so you're not going to break that. So TM, in this analogy, TM's like turn on the light, right? So you bring more and more light into your life so that more and more of these issues, these problems that, you know, become more apparent. You know? Well, then people can actually go out and deal with them, so it's yeah, just for a yeah, great approach. Yeah, yeah. So how long does it take to actually learn TM? Yeah, so TM's taught over four consecutive days, and you actually, you need to commit four consecutive days, an hour to an hour and a half each day. You actually learn the technique on the first day. Generally, it's taught over a weekend because most people work nine to five. So the first day would be on a Saturday and you learn one-on-one with the teacher in personal instruction to learn the actual technique of TM. And then you'd come back the second day, which in this example would be a Sunday, typically at 10.30 a.m. And the whole people, all the people that learn on the first day would come together on the second day. Um, you get the share experiences and stuff. But then we go into the knowledge of TM what's happening, how it works, what's the correct practice and correct, and so on. And then the, the, the Monday would be a Monday night, typically 7 p.m. on a Monday night. You'd come back, the same people that have learned, and then a Tuesday night, so for one to one and a half hours. And over those subsequent nights, you, you build on your knowledge and understanding of TM. You go deep into the knowledge of the practice and how it works and what's happening so you can understand your experiences as you as you practice more. And by the end of the fourth night, you're, you're self-sufficient. Really? Yeah. Okay. Is that, is that, yeah. So it doesn't take that long, like four no. sessions, an hour and a half each, doesn't seem like that much yeah, of a commitment I mean, to learn something that can change your life. It, correct. And you, it's the beauty of it. You know, like you can go on a holiday and get some, you know, benefit 
you know, have some chill time. But you have beach, to come back. But you come you back, your no life choice. is there. It's right, and your life is there and you're back. And within a day or two, you're back to where you were. So TM, close your eyes and you've got peace. You know, you can, anytime you want to close your eyes, you can experience that peace. How long does it take to transcend? Because I'm very interested in this topic because some people say usually 20 minutes is necessary to get an effective meditation session. So how long does it take to get into that state of consciousness or awareness? Um, well, it, it depends if you ask someone who's been practicing for a long time, it might only be like that, you know. But for anyone, it can be just slipping like one off a log. When you learn, it's literally like that, one off a log, you know. It's, it's to transcend. So anyone from the day, the day, the first time you learn from the actual instruction, bang, done. Really? Yeah. Very interesting. I think I'm going to have to give it a go. <laughs> so in terms of collective consciousness, I know we discussed this briefly something that you're very passionate about and someone actually asked me the question what is collective consciousness for those people that are unaware of it yeah um well, it's an interesting question well let's let's look at you self individually right so you've got your own consciousness and and then there's like the combined effect of a family like let's say you've married and you've got some children that, that they've got a collective the collective is like the sum of all the individual consciousness so you've got an individual consciousness i've got an individual but there's a collective and and this term collective consciousness is becoming more and more used now it's quite nice because you know we talk about i talk about this 30 years ago you know and and it didn't have the same emphasis or understanding now so if you look at um the individual so the sum of all the individuals in that group so you've got the individual you've got a suburb example you've got a city's got a collective consciousness a sum of all the individuals right um the state like you look at victoria compared to queensland right they've got the, the very unique right very individual collective consciousness right between the states new south wales queensland western australia right different territory individual sum of all the individuals collective consciousness australia's got its own collective consciousness a football club's got its own collective consciousness very unique right collingwood hawthorne essendon different collectives so it's a sum of individuals, right? And so the thing is, I suppose it's probably important to people understand or appreciate the effect of our thoughts right, in the environment. Like there's parts of Melbourne at one o'clock at night where you wouldn't want to be, yeah? Because the, the, there's, the, there's more stress, let's say, or more you know, in that area, yeah? Compared to other parts, which you'd be okay with, you'd be fine. Yeah, probably more. I think everyone's think, experienced that at some point. Yeah, think of light and darkness in a way. So individual, individual, we've all got our own little lights. You know, there's some more light than others. You know, and so there's, you know, there's. If we have a thought, like when you walk into a room, there's been an argument. You can feel the tension, right? They're cutting like a knife, right? Feel that's the effect of our thinking our, into the, that radiates in the environment. So, the collective consciousness is the sum of all the individuals in that group, whatever group you want to refer to as a collective, right? State, the football club, Australia, right? So, if we look at the body, for example, take this in terms of stress, right? Look at my body. I've got billions of cells in the body. If I stress my body out, eating the wrong food, drinking the wrong drink, not sleeping, it's really overloaded. What's going to happen? Parts of the body, the weakest parts of that body, is going to start to fail, become a free radical. You've heard the term free radicals, right? So, and become can eventually become cancerous, right? Where the weakest part of the body is, or where I'm bombarding the most, right? If I'm smoking or whatever, it's bombarding a certain area of the body, yeah? So if you look at society, take the city of Melbourne, millions of people, and individually we're all putting stress into the atmosphere of this collective. What happens is the weakest individuals, the weakest cells, of that society through situations and circumstances will act on that stress yeah the crime violence accidents 
you, you appreciate that? Yeah. So this is the, an example through the analogy, bombarding the body, a collective body of all these cells, overloaded with stress, those, stre- those cells start to fail. Some, the weakest cells start to fail. So if we can take out the stress in the atmosphere, if we can put more light in the atmosphere, then there's no need for the crime. We can reduce the crime. We can reduce the accidents. We can reduce all that. And what was found in New Zealand, when TM was in the early you know, 70s and so on, New Zealanders seemed to be very keen on it, took, took to it like really, like, you know, they just took to it like duck to water. And there were cities like Hamilton, for example, when they found that when the population reached 1%, Population had practiced in TM that their crime rate started going down the with only one percent. Only one percent. Yeah. So how can an individual? Well, I think you've just demonstrated it with that statistic. Mm. But how can an individual effectively have an effect on collective consciousness? Yeah, well, like, like I said, every thought we have has an effect in the atmosphere. Right? It, it radiates out. Yeah, and it bounces off everything. <laughs> you know, of other people. Yeah. Like I said, you're walking through it's really stressed. You start to pick up on that stress. You feel like you want to close your arms and you know shelter in a way in, if there's a lot of violence or, or in that room in that space. So, um, so that's it. we are all the time, regardless. We're always affecting the environment, and so we can affect the environment if we reduce the stress levels and create more coherence. Turn on the light, make the light a bit brighter in our own life. You know, by by practicing like TM, right? then that's going to have that effect and permeate in the environment around us. And as I said, there's been a study, there was a study done in 93 in Washington. So you'll see a picture if you went online and said, look at global demonstration, Washington DC 93, and you'll see this demonstration, you'll see a photo of 4,000 people, um, people practicing TM, not practice at the time, but they went did a group practice. And so they told the police department that they're going to reduce the crime by 20%. This is the middle of summer, right, 93, middle of summer. And... They got an independent university involved, and they, and the, and the obviously the police police chiefs laughed, right? The police chief, you're going to reduce crime by twenty percent. The only way it's going to happen is if we have a blizzard, right? Because people won't be able to move. So anyway, the the, the demonstration was done. Four thousand people went there over it was a period of two weeks. It built from the first week, two thousand, up to four thousand the second week, and over that duration, crime rate went down by more than twenty three percent. Really? Yeah. So it was pretty astounding. It sounds yeah. like it's almost everyone's responsibility to play their part. Exactly. Yeah, we all responsible for our thoughts and what's happening and the effect of that in the environment. Well, I know anyone can relate to being, as you said, in a room where this has been an argument or someone's been angry or something, and it does have an effect on everyone in the household. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, anything, any tool that you can use or that allow you to reduce the stress in your own life, that you're able to become more tolerant. And this is the research shows, you know, with particular TM, you know, more tolerant of others, you know, um, social behaviour, relationships, we talk about people committing crime, prison and so on. But it is interesting when you look at the collective effect. And, um, and I hope that over time this will become more and more apparent you know, so, like I said, the responsibility is there for each one of us about what we're doing. So it's not just self-care. It's, yeah. it's actually having an effect on those mm. around them. Mm. Exactly. Very interesting. So how, obviously, it's pretty effective as a stress management strategy, practicing regular TM. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Yep. You, after, you want more information from me? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just that a lot of people I know have a little bit of verse reaction when you mention meditation. A lot of people associate it with too much spirituality. I know personally when I first fell into meditation, which was mindfulness, I thought the polar opposite to me at the time was a monk. So I went and spent some time with them. And that's where oh. I learned meditation. And then I went down that path and I've always been an advert meditator. That's why I'm fascinated by things like this. And I've heard a lot about TM, hence why we have you here. But a lot of people are turned off by the idea of actually meditating. They don't even give it a second thought, even though they can reap the benefits. 
And funnily enough, even my clients, because I coach boxers and kickboxers as well, and when I work with my clients, I started, I've obviously encouraged them to meditate, but no one ever found the time to do it. Yeah. But then I would make us do a five-minute session at the end of every session, and now they thrive when we do it. And they come in after work and go, I've been looking forward to this all day. I'm like, you could just go to your car for 10 minutes and do it. Mm. But they just don't because mm. people have that adverse reaction to meditation. So I'm hoping to change that mm. and show that everyone can benefit from it. Yeah, yeah. So people, lots of people, like from my own experience of teaching, I mean, uh, way well, when I first started many, like, you know, many years ago, it was more of just about stress, right? That's the key fundamental of why people come to learn. But they find that they gain always other benefits from it. Know? And it's, I suppose, the recognition of the benefits that you get that, that will inspire you to invest the time, you know, 20 minutes twice a day, you know, when you start to appreciate. So it's, a, I suppose, appreciation of what is the benefits that are coming from doing it that, that will inspire you to continue. Yeah. So it's, um, it's but now, you know, it's, it's more than, people are seeing it's more than just some stress, a tool for least stress. It's, more, it's about, you know, developing the full potential of the mind. And it's about you know, um, the relationship with others, you know, you're improving your relationships, you know. Um, you know, I, I know people I've taught and now, you know, for example, one partner might turn learn and the other one doesn't, the other one's sceptical, right? And then the sceptical one, now that one's learned, says, oh, I'm not talking to you until you meditate. <laughs> you yeah. like, because you're a different person when you meditate. You know, do your TM first and then we can talk. And they've actually gone and learned, the sceptical one. You know, so I'm not actually meditation, mumbo-jumbo. I'm actually, I, I work in IT. My, I'm a scientist. I went to university, did science. And um, so I'm very um, scientific in that sense. So, you know, not the mumbo-jumbo. But I wanted to learn more about myself and improve myself through my life. And that's what brought me down this path. But with a lot of scepticism, and um, but then appreciating the benefits and, and the rewards from, from practicing. And that what drew me to become a teacher, you know. So, I, so you originally had scepticism? Yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. But, well... You know, especially that you know, like you know, to horoscope charts, for example, that sort of scepticism. You know, you read a, you know, this. I remember getting the Sunday, you know, the paper daily paper. You look at the look at the uh, people would read the astrology chart. You know, and I'm Virgo, and you're whatever it may be. I don't know, but but it's, uh, that's the sort of scepticism I'm talking about. You know, yeah. What? How can that? How these planets affecting you? But then it's changed. You know, it's it's you know, doing TM and seeing the effect and and feeling the effect in my own life. You know, and and. and like that, you know, living with intuition, you know, like imagine if you could, you know, that would grow more and more, you know, through your, through your own experience and, and the joy of living, the joy of being, you know, more and more. Yeah. So it wouldn't be a meditation conversation if we didn't bring up the topic of enlightenment. <laughs> well, this is going to scare all those people you just said before because they don't, they're not into spirituality. But well, I is, think we have to talk about it. Yeah. So what, what can you explain the concept of enlightenment? Let's use an analogy again of the ocean, right? So imagine, right, you know, we, we talk about the ocean being very deep, right? You can dive and dive and you do TM, you dive and you experience final states of thought, you experience a source of thought, pure consciousness. Imagine with the regular practice that that, that gap, the distance from conscious thinking, you know, and the source of thought becomes less and less. Imagine, imagine if there's no distance at all. Imagine if you lived every thought intuitively. Every action was intu action on intuition, spontaneous right action so this is this is a glimpse of what that's enlightenment right so or another way of looking at it like um uh yeah i don't know i'm just worried about <laughs> losing the audience a little bit here but no, anyway. i think people will be interested you reckon? i think people okay. will so let's take it from another angle think of the sun shining right on the left here i've got my hand up so people can't see that but there's a sunshine shining and then that's pure consciousness 
And maybe actually, before we do that, we'll take a step back. We're going to use quantum mechanics, quantum science. We're going to, this is going to help for me. This has helped me validate it because I'm a scientist and I was skeptical. But as I, as I looked, at, looked at science, quantum mechanics, so we go really small. You've, you've seen the movie Ant-Man? Yep. We're going to shrink. We're Ant-Man. We're going to shrink really small. So we're in the body. We're getting really small. We're in the heart, right? Really small. We get smaller and smaller. Now we're in a cell. We get smaller and smaller. We're inside the cell. Smaller and smaller. Now we're in the electrons and protons and atom. We're in the atom, right? So we're going, now we're in electrons and protons. We're getting smaller. We're going really small. This is Planck scale, 10 to the minus 36, right? So when you get really small, when you go down to the fundamental, this is science, we're talking about physics, right? Quantum mechanics, physics. When you get down to the fundamental fields of creation, down to the smallest thing, it comes down to four fundamental fields strong and nuclear, nuclear, strong and nuclear force fields electromagnetic force fields and gravitation. They're the four fundamental fields of everything. This point, you see the tip of my tongue, my, my, my arm finger, that point's got oxygen, nitrogen, whatever, carbon dioxide and so on. But you go into it and, and, and deal further and further. Inside that is this one, these fields of strong nuclear force fields, electromagnetic gravity. Quantum mechanics has now talked about unified field theory. I don't know if you've ever heard that term, unified field no. theory. No. So this, this is something they're theorizing, that there's one unified field that underfires those four. Right? One unified field that underlies that for and it's self-interacting, self-interacting, and there's a superstring that describes it. So you need to get into mechanics. But what I want to just demonstrate is that this unified field, what science is referring to, on the other hand, from Vedic science where TM comes from and Ayurveda and so on, is pure consciousness. Right. So this pure consciousness is the basis of everything, every all matter. Right. If you drill down, it just comes down to the unified field, and that pure consciousness is also the basis of your individual consciousness. So we'll take the ocean analogy in a slightly different way and think of the ocean as all these waves on the ocean as individual people. Every single wave is a person. You're a wave, I'm a wave. I'm six foot, whatever, I'm 200 and whatever pounds. And I'm a wave, I'm this tall, I'm this likes, dislikes, taste. This is me, right? My, I'm the wave on the ocean. You're a wave. But we all identify as waves. But ultimately, we're one ocean. That ocean is an ocean of consciousness. But we've got individual so what happens is in this analogy now just a slightly different way of looking at the analogy so where the wave when you practice TM it's like the wave starts to settle so the wave is bounded right bounded by the body by the senses right it's contained in boundaries but when you practice TM that wave starts to settle starts to settle and settle and becomes the ocean of pure consciousness right so this is what happens when you practice it's unbounded awareness right, this experience and then it comes back you come back out you come back into the wave right but the regular practice habituates the wave to eventually realize i am the ocean right? do, do you, does it get this? yeah so yeah i i don't forget that i am the ocean i am always the ocean this is an enlightenment in a way that's another way of looking at it i think that connects to the collective consciousness as well as being a part of something bigger than just themselves as an individual yeah. being part of the ocean yeah 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 yeah. Very interesting. So how would someone go about learning Transcendental Meditation? Yeah, well, there's um, a website, tm, www.tm.org.au. Um, people can go on there. There's centres around Australia. You know, um, your audience is, is it's around Curran or is everywhere? We, Worldwide? We, live, live is generally from Frankston to Mentone. And then right. we are also on Spotify, Apple and Audible. So we have listeners from anywhere. Right. So look, there's a there's a... A TM Centre in St Kilda Road opposite the Shrine um, so St Kilda Road um, in Melbourne there's also one we actually have a school uh, um, in Reservoir for primary school oh really yeah so TM's part of the curriculum they do it twice a day 10 minutes for children 
Yeah, so twice a day. Is that just is it a pilot program? Or is oh, that I've been there for twenty five years now. Really, so, yeah, I was okay. originally a director one of the startup when it started up. Yeah, that's I know mindfulness was becoming more popular, but I haven't heard about transcendental meditation being used in schools. Yeah, well, it's actually a transcendental meditation school. Oh, really? It started on that basis. Yeah. Okay. So what happened was parents who were young and had children back you know, 20, 20 plus years ago, they wanted their children to get um, to have TM as part of that you know, their, their curriculum. And so that's what they did. Yeah. So they put TM. It's just it, all the curriculum's the same as a normal school curriculum, right? It's just that there's a bit of TM at the start and the, end, the um, end of the school day. I've got a project that I'm going to be doing. TM potentially could be an element, but with a workplace, it's going to be incorporating the ability of employees to take a 10 minute break and do something, whether it's NSDR, mindfulness, or something like that, incorporate some meditation. How do you think companies would benefit if they? use some of their time to allow staff to meditate yeah well look we were talking earlier about the benefits come through tm so there's more coherence you're going to start thinking more clearly so all the benefits come in that person's active whatever their role is so if they're i don't know what their roles are but so whatever their role may be they're going to be thinking more clearly they're going to be relating to other people better there's more tolerance more appreciation um yeah and they're going to have more more successful outcomes you know as a result of thinking more clearly and um yeah. Not to mention a better tolerance with stress as well. Or stress as well, the big one. Yeah. 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 I think that's what's going to be the hitter for a lot of people. I think that's a reason a lot of people want to get into it because they, they're not happy with how they currently feel. So they're looking for different experiences or different strategies and solutions to change their state in some way. That's where I think transcendental meditation is attractive, particularly when you sell it as something that's very simple and easy to pursue and learn. Yeah, like I said, once you you, know, on the, you actually learn on the first day of that structure that's four consecutive days. At the end of the four days, you're self-sufficient. And it's something you've got in your pocket at all times, forever, for the rest of your life, right? So it's an investment in you. So anytime you want to chill, you close your eyes and you peace. You feel that you have that experience, that peace. Out of curiosity, have you ever gone in a peri- uh, through a period in your life where you haven't been able to meditate for whatever reason? And if you have, have you noticed a difference? Um, no, I've always done my TM. Um, there hasn't been like work, oh, like holidays. Oh, if or I'm flying, like that, I'm traveling. I might, I might the, the experience. You know, when you're traveling or, or whatever it may be, you might. Um, but I actually find I actually meditate on the plane. It's, I still yeah, meditate. So you use it anywhere. Yeah, I use it anywhere. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, if I don't do it, I miss it. Like there might be a situation like a birth of a child, you know, yeah. and I've had that situation. I've had three children and often, you know, you've got the birth of a child, you want to, the, the, the labour goes for so long, you're not going to sit there and say, oh, excuse me, you know, I'm just going to come meditate. <laughs> I think it would be good if the, the person giving birth, if <laughs> you did some yeah. transcendental meditation as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I, I definitely would miss, I miss it if I don't get to do it, yeah. When I say miss it, like I said, the regular pattern of doing it is like saying to a dog, you're not going to go for a walk today, you know what I mean? Like the body gets used to it. If you get regular, and that's why the benefits get more compounded when you are doing it twice a day. You said, oh, how do I motivate myself? But but they are compounding even better when you, is it, you know, the regular, body, the body loves routine, the regularity. And anyone, it, it, just general health, right? Get up a certain a certain fixed time of the day. You know, if you always get up at the same time, the body loves that pattern because it knows what it's going to come and what's going to happen. You know, time. A lot of people are living with so much uncertainty. And I think something like this, establishing a routine where they're setting aside some time in their day where it's just them and they're exploring their thoughts, whatever it may be, but making it part of their daily schedule, I think they benefit, but it's getting people to that point. Mm. 
How do you think you can get someone over the line? Let's say I was a skeptic. How did you come across this in terms of your skepticism initially? What inspired you to it? Obviously, you mentioned growth and uh, pursuing personal development and things, but Mm. what made you choose this? Well, um, back when I started, a long time ago, um, you know, there was, I was looking at all sorts of things back, it was sort of like back those days, it was positive thinking. I don't know, you probably still see Affirmations and things. Affirmations back then, I was doing that. There was mind techniques, um, you know, visualizations. I was doing that. I was reading all these books about visualizations. Um, and then I was actually a colleague at work told me about it. I was a little bit skeptical. Um, I mean, yeah, so, but as I said, I was a bit skeptical, but I eventually went and did it and um, I never looked back from the day I learned. Like you said, falling off a log. Literally, the day I learned, it's like falling off a log. You know? Really? It seems so quick. Yeah, it was like, I was like, oh, okay, this is it. This is right. And, and that's when I knew I've sort of found the technique that I could have that would help me for the rest of my life. I would just. And how long ago was that? <laughs> 92. Really? Mm. Such discipline and you, you don't miss sessions. That's amazing. It clearly must have such a profound impact on your life for you to sustain. Yeah, well, it's a compounding effect as well. It's not. It's just. It's the benefit at the time. Like you, you, you practice your TM, so your your day's better. You know, your relationships are better. You're thinking more clearly. But the cumulative benefits bring, like I said, bring that value of that um, that experience of more. I don't like using the word bliss, but that more happiness all the time. That that feeling of bubbling. You know, of um, all the time. So that's what builds. That's what that's what motivates to keep doing it regularly. Not just the benefits you get during the day. The carryover. The, the cumulative benefits like build up over time. And that's what we're talking about, getting to the higher states of consciousness and so on. Now, I could be wrong, but is it true that each person has assigned their own mantra? Yeah, there's a, a whole science, and I can't go into that without teaching you. <laughs> yeah, cool. No, but no, just, out of cur- just out of curiosity. So let's say you would have a different mantra to me. I don't know. I don't, unless I taught you, I'd have to, yeah. Oh, so, okay, cool. So there's there's a rule or a way. I was just curious. I heard that down the grapevine that everyone gets assigned by their teacher a mantra. Yeah. But I, I, if, I, if, I, if people are listening and they're interested in learning TM, I wouldn't go down that path. The innocence is the key, right? From, Marashi would use the term innocence is the simplest form of awareness. So if you're, sitting, if you're sitting there thinking about this, expecting that, wanting this, you're interfering with the whole process. Right? If you've got preconceived ideas, if you've got any, any level of um, thought about outcome, about what or this or what, then you're just, you know, you're just going to self-sabotage. Just innocence. If you want it, it's there. If you want it, do it, learn it. But be innocent and be, you know, just completely... Yeah, yeah, innocent. So pretty much come into it with an open mind. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, open mind. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, I suppose innocence is probably the wrong word I've used, but yeah, so innocence in terms of um, yeah, that's all right. I won't say anymore. We'll leave it at that. Just, <laughs> I'm trying I, to think of the right you, word. You've got me very curious, and I'm sure our listeners will be curious as in, well. Can so. you relate to the word innocence? What does that <laughs> no. mean to you? Innocence means you know just. Yeah, because, you know, you've heard the term Chinese whispers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, you said you've heard through the grapevine. Yes. So the, the Chinese whispers, whispers are very dangerous, right? You've seen what the effect it can change from first person to even just 10 Definitely, people. Definitely, I have a watered-down version. From, well, not water, it can change completely. Yeah. Someone's got the tail of the elephant, and by the time it gets to the third or fourth person, that one's got the trunk. So it's completely flipped on its head. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's very, that's what I mean by innocence, about, you know, Chinese whispers and all this other stuff, you know, it, um so if people want to learn TM, you mentioned they can go online, but hypothetically they want to learn from you or from a TM teacher. How do they go about it? Yeah, well, the TM.org, you, you can go on there. You can 
see the courses and you can um, yeah book into the course on there. You could um, go to an intro. It's probably you know, we've covered quite a bit here today, um, but you know you, you could do a TM intro. But you're it. still very cryptic. You're very you're very good. You at, like you've been very informative, but it's all, it's a very mysterious field that I'm determined to learn more about. So oh, I will good. be exploring this. The carrot, the yeah, carrot, the carrot has been dangled. I'm very interested. Very. I like that the fact that it's being sold as something that's easy to do because a lot of people and i know at times i have struggled with concentration meditations mm. there is the mind wanders it's a natural thing we have monkey mind it happens obviously you get better with time but there's different stages of your life where it is difficult to focus on maybe the breath or an assigned mantra or something so the ease of this is very attractive yeah it, it's it's beautiful technique to learn and um, and don't take my word for it. Like I said, the research, look at the research, look at the fact that millions and millions of people. And if you know someone, they'll be like, uh, I was talking to someone last night. I did an intro last night. And the person, was a woman, she said, my brother, learn it. He won't stop nagging me. He says, the best thing he's ever done. He says, I've got to do it. You know, she's um, got a young child and she's starting a new business and so on. Stress levels are very high, anxiety. And he's just saying, you've got to do it. And, you know, and you'll hear this common you know, all the time for a lot of people who practice and learn TM. Because they just want other people to share the benefit, you know. Well, we've run out of timelines. I okay. thoroughly enjoyed the chat. Thank you so much for coming. And that I'm definitely going to hit you up to learn about this because <laughs> <That was laughs> I want to know more and yeah. I will keep the secrets, I promise. Yeah. So to our listeners, next week we will have Christy Renee Obst, who is a women's health coach. Well, she coaches men as well, but she's going to be talking about energetics, performance, lifestyle factors, and all things related to health. So tune in then, 5 p.m. live next week, or wait for the replay, which is available on Audible, Spotify, and Apple. Have a great night. Thanks, Lawrence. Thanks, Ryan. Have a good one. Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street. For a coffee and something nice to eat. Yeah, the pizzas are great. In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's. Caram. Caram in Station Street. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. It's a pizza. It's a mystic pizza. Hi, everybody. This is Witch from Spider Bites. When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour and reminisces about doing the Eel Race Road Rumba or the Watley Street Wiggle, I like to tune in to Radio Karam and get down with the good vibes.